like to make the crunch time plays. Now your host, Bennett Ganey. I'm Jordan Black, and you're watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays. Howdy! My name is Jennifer Streeter, covering all things Texas A&M athletics and recruiting, and you're watching Crunch Time Plays. Jaden Bradford here, four-star quarterback, class of 2024. And uh, you're watching this to the Crunch Time Plays. Hey, it's Jim Dunaway from the next round. And when it comes down to the final ticks on the clock, I always look for Crunch Time Plays. Everybody, it's time to make Crunch Time Plays, just like the Arkansas Razorbacks have been doing with Sam Pittman. Incredible season, nine and four. Last year, coming off a really solid recruiting class as well. So much success in the transfer portal. And we're looking to dive into all of that, as well as what's coming up next season for the Razorbacks as we make our own crunch time play and bring in Porter Hayes from the Hog Talk podcast. Does an incredible job. He and the co-hosts over there, they do an incredible job. So I encourage you to check that out as well. But Porter, hope you're doing well today, brother. Doing good, man. I really appreciate you coming on. And, and we were talking about before we started recording, man, you know, whenever you time you put something out Arkansas, our fans just jump all over it. Hey, man, there, there's no doubt about that. So I was kind of, I was kind of joking with you about, about the, you know, obviously Brendan Jordan, the four-star defensive back in the 2023 class, is supposed to announce on Sunday, put out the graphic for him, of uh, his top three with Arizona, Texas Tech, and and Arkansas, and the Arkansas fans just flooded it with, with you know, telling him he needs to to come to Fayetteville and play for the Hogs. So you you weren't you weren't you weren't lying whenever you say whenever you put something out. Those the Arkansas fans really come come out in droves for that kind of stuff. Now, just remember that when you do something bad, it's going to be three t- threefold. So, as, as long as you stay on the good side, we're good. But I mean, you could get introduced very quickly to the bad side of Arkansas Twitter if things go south. Hey, there's there's no doubt about that. Well, <laughs> luckily for everybody, Sam Pittman and Arkansas are doing very well coming off a nine and four season. But a lot of people, if you're not in Arkansas, if you're not around the SEC, like a lot of the the people that that aren't around the SEC as much. You don't really understand the how Arkansas has come the last two years. Nine and four may seem like small potatoes to a lot of people, but when you think about the division that Arkansas plays in, obviously two of their losses were to the two participants in the national championship game, and then you had the one-point epic loss to, to Ole Miss that could have gone either way. So a lot of people were kind of – you, a lot of people don't really recognize the success that Arkansas is having because it goes to prove that you're not always what your record says you are. You know, if you put Arkansas in the in the ACC this past year, they probably would have had 10, 11 wins and, and competed for a playoff spot. So it really, you know, Arkansas really just had a really had a successful season, no matter you know what what anybody is out there is saying a nine and four records should be like. Everybody wants to live in the the college football playoff world now, whether where if you didn't make the playoff, then your season doesn't matter pretty much. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what we were talking about. You know, nine and four season for some is just uh, mediocre. If you're you know Alabama, a nine and four season's horrible. You know, you're you're like what's going on? But for Arkansas, it's hey, let's build Sam Pittman a statue. You know, you beat Texas A&M for the first time. You beat Texas for the first time or in a long time. I mean, you were right there with Alabama at the end. You're a two-point conversion away from beating Ole Miss. So, I mean, 
for Arkansas, it's it's a very unique state. That is the, that's our pro team. We don't have anybody else in you know the nearest one. You got Kansas City, Oklahoma City, Dallas, and Memphis as your pro team. So, and then there's a lot of Cardinals fans. So it just depends on what region or who you grew up liking. But yeah, Pippen's done a great job. This whole athletic university as a whole, Hunter Yurchek has just built this culture. And I know it's a cliche as talking about the word culture, but all the coaches have a text chain where they follow each other. They like each other. They're going to each other's games. I mean, from the top down to the bottom, you know, Hunter Yurchek, if there's a home game, he goes there. Sam Pittman, if there's a softball game, he'll go to Courtney Dyfel in softball. So there's a lot of support. And I think that's starting to trickle down to the fans and the kids because you can see what they've got in the transfer portal the past couple of years that people want to come play for Sam Pittman. Yeah, man, there's there's no doubt about it. And and when you look at the you look at the transfers that Arkansas was able to get, obviously so so many quality guys in not so many quality guys in the high school recruiting class and so many quality guys. Uh, in the transfer portal, you add Jaden Hazelwood, who automatically can take the place of, of Traylon Burks. You had Drew Sanders from Alabama, the linebacker, Dwight McGlothern, Latavius Bruni, those guys on, on defense. Just, just so many guys that can step in and play right away for Arkansas while you're not putting in, you know, while you're not depending on those freshmen that are just coming in to play. So that really could be the, be the blueprint. You see a lot of different – Everybody knows what Michigan State did in the portal last year and the kind of season they have with 10 wins. But that really could become the formula for teams like Arkansas, like Ole Miss, like South Carolina, that can that right now they're not going to compete with Alabama on a grand scale for a lot of these four- and five-star kids. But what they can do is become a transfer portal destination now. And then when they start really winning and having a lot of success, then they can become, you know, that – that top 10, top five high school recruiting class type of team. Yeah, and and you look at last year, the previous year, Felipe Franks kind of helped start getting things rolling with that transfer portal coming in from Florida. And you start, you know, a three and seven team. I mean, to the outside world, that was big, but or a horrible season, but that was three wins in the SEC. They hadn't won SEC game in two years. I mean, what we were talking about at the start for the people who don't really follow Arkansas, they don't remember, you know, the Bobby Petrino into him, into the, the you know, you had Brett Bielema, John L. Smith, and then you had the Chad Morris area. I mean, there was just a trickling effect of just horrible football. And as a team that their, their passion of the fans and just what they're used to and their expectations, they wasn't having it. So they knew something had to come in and, I think the initial hire of Sam Pittman, people wasn't all because he never had any head coaching experience. But I think in Hunter Yurchek's mind, he wanted to get somebody in here that could set the foundation. Somebody who knew Arkansas, knew the culture, knew what it was like to be a Razorback because he'd been here before. So you get that rolling and now you're seeing the rewards that's coming in from what he's done. Because like I said, you're getting these kids and, you know, Brandy from Georgia, I mean, you're, you're getting Drew Sanders. You're getting kids who have contributed. You're not getting guys that didn't play much at a top-tier school or a star from a, a mid-major program and they're wanting to come to Arkansas. You're getting guys that have contributed with their teams at LSU, Georgia, Bama, 
coming in and now they're going to play. And this transfer portal has just really just caught on fire just as much as the NIL stuff or NIL stuff. You know, people are coming because where they're wanting to go get, they think they can get the money for their name, image, and likeness. But they actually believe that if they come to Arkansas, there's a chance that they can get to a Sugar Bowl or to a college football playoff. So, And also, you're not getting these guys that are year one. You're getting guys that now have two and three years eligibility. So when you don't have the recruiting class, like you're ninth in the SEC, that's the thing. It's it's crazy about the SEC. You're ninth in the SEC, but yet you're like 20th overall. That's just how good the SEC is when it comes to recruiting. Yeah, there no doubt about it. And and when it term in terms of what you were just talking about, Sam Pittman, obviously the culture and the atmosphere that he has created, obviously in a place like Arkansas, you mentioned that doesn't have any pro teams. South Carolina is another example with Shane Beamer. You want guys that that is their destination job. Like in places like Arkansas and South Carolina specifically, you want guys that that bleed the school and Sam Pittman and I think if you cut him open, he the Arkansas Rev would probably start oozing out of him. And that that resonates with with so many people in the age of, of NIL and, and the transfer portal and so many different things. It's really it's still really encouraging to see that that genuineness, that that stoic you know, confidence that bleeds out uh, in Sam Pittman still resonates with recruits and the message that he's trying to bring in this in this era of NIL, because obviously there's a lot of kids that that are going to be focused on the money, but Sam Pittman is, is really building something to where that message is, is still resonating with a lot of these guys. Yeah. And if you get your recruits and they're, they're worried about the money, I mean, are there, I don't think, I mean, of course the kids deserve their, their due money and stuff like that, but there's going to be a bunch of cash grabbing going on. There's going to be people just going to that school for the cash grab. A lot of these kids don't realize just how much dedication and time goes into being a Division One athlete. Your whole day's planned out. It's three sixty-five, you know. So you go to a place like Arkansas where it's upfront demanding. This is what we expect out of you. It's it's a blue-collar school that we're going to go and we're going to try to outwork you, and you know that from the jump. So it doesn't matter what you get these deals from these companies. You got to go out on the field and, and produce because if not, you're not going to see the field. If you don't see the field, you're not going to get your NIL stuff because the, the, the people who are giving you these donations or, or this NIL money, they want to see you on the field. If your number's not on that field, it don't mean anything. But you, you got to look at what Arkansas did. It was the thing that coming into this season, they wanted to compete. You wanted to be able to be in these games. It, you go three and seven, and then they're like, well, now what's the next step? You're, and instead of just saying you're a mediocre team, you want to be able to compete in the SEC. And other than the Georgia game where they just – I mean, that 11 o'clock kickoff in Georgia, I think they run into a buzzsaw that they was not ready for. I mean, they just wasn't ready. It was 21 nothing before you knew what happened. And, and then the Auburn game, Bo Nix just had a, the game of his life against Arkansas. So you take those two games away – and the other games were toss-ups. Again, we talk about the Ole Miss game. I mean, they were a two-point conversion from possibly going to a Sugar Bowl. I mean, that's just where it was at. So, it's it's promising for Arkansas. I mean, everything's looking up. And you have a 9-4 and four season. You're like, well, you're still thinking there's, there's room for improvement. Yeah, 
I mean, you've got a lot of people coming back. You've got your basically majority minus, you know, uh, your receiver core. You know, you've got everybody coming back. And it's it's going to be hard to replace that receiver, you know. And so hopefully Hasselwood comes in and, and you get some burners to come in. And, you know, Warren Thompson, we're talking about the transfer portal. There was another one that he, he was a good addition that come in and was just he come in as a transfer PWO and ended up being one of their best guys that they could they could really count on. Uh, and then with Drew Sanders, the linebacker, I mean, when you lose a Grant Morgan and you lose a Hayden Henry, you're, you're looking at your linebackers and you're like, what the crap? You know, what, what, that, that's going to be the toughest spot. So really having Bumper pull back. He come back, and then you got the addition to Drew Sanders. Is really going to handle help with their defensive side, and then of course you got Catalan. You know, he him coming back, helping at the safety position, and of course you see the people who left with um, Brooks left going to LSU, and I think you've seen the writing on the wall that Catalan was coming back. So them going back, Bush going. I think it's like a two for one trade. You know, two people went to LSU and then one come back, but it's very promising for Arkansas. I'm very proud of what Sam Pittman's done and the culture he's built at Arkansas. And I mean, I'm really looking forward to next year, what KJ Jefferson and company can do. No doubt. And you even look in, you even look in this particular signing class, you look at a guy like Isaiah Satagna right there in Fayetteville, the four-star wide receiver, the number one player in the state of Arkansas. A lot of, a lot of times that's a guy that, you know, Texas would go and get or Alabama would be able to go and get. But 50% of this signing class for Arkansas comes from in-state, and that's, that's just a, a lot of the reflection on on what Sam Pittman has been able to do and the culture that he's instilled. And it also gives you guys that are loyal to the school with those 50%. They're not probably – they're going to think twice about, about hitting the portal if, if things aren't going their way. So it's definitely – a lot of a lot of times you see these other big major schools come into Arkansas and pick up the top players, but a guy like Isaiah Satagna in this class deciding to to stay home and and become a Razorback and and Kendall Bryles sticking around as well as the offensive coordinator just speaks to even more to what Coach Pittman has been able to do. Yeah, and and they flipped him. You know, he was he was either going to go to Oregon, and then he was thinking about going to Texas A and M, and because he's a track guy as well, so. For him to be able to get flipped, that's that's the thing when you look at the football and the basketball team right now, and you're talking about in-state, so many similarities. You look at this next recruiting class that's coming into basketball, what Arkansas is doing in-state with Nick Smith Jr. And um, from, I'm trying to – they got a kid I can't even think of his name now. It lost my head, but um, these kids would not have got to Arkansas underneath – Mike Anderson or, you know, Brett Bielema, Chad Morris. They didn't go after that type of player because they just didn't, you know, you want to build a fence around. But also, you know, in the past, there really wasn't the talent that we see right now in the state of Arkansas. You look at the Arkansas-Auburn basketball game and you're looking at the kids that was in on the Auburn. They had two guys from Arkansas on the Auburn's team. And then the state, you know, Arkansas team with the Arkansas kids with Jalen Williams on there. You're seeing that in football now. The Grant Moore, and I think Grant Morgan, he was a pillar. I think that really got kids to want to come to Arkansas in state. You're seeing what's going on. Yeah, you see the culture, but yet you're seeing the the 
um, that got the culture and then the success because you can have the culture, but if you're going three and seven, four and six, you're not seeing it. But nine and four season, that's, you know, and the kid I missed spoke on his Darian Ford. I mean, he is one of them that's all Razorback. But I'm telling you, you've got him, you got Nick Smith Jr., you got Pinion, you got Jordan Walsh, out, you know, kids from Lincoln Prep. These kids see what's going on and they want to come to Arkansas. And me and the guys, the co-hosts, we're talking about the success Arkansas had last year. They won nine SEC titles overall in all the sports. And I said, man, we just need football to kick off. We need football program to kick off and it spreads throughout the year. And what Sam Pittman and going down to that outback bowl and get that bowl win and you just see all the kids wanting to come back. It's done an amazing job. But, yeah, getting the in-state kids to come that have the talent has been big because that's something that Arkansas fans have they've gotten accustomed to is not only did they not choose to come to Arkansas, they felt like the coaches didn't even offer them. They didn't even really, like, go after them. And that's the biggest thing, like – in basketball, you see Murray State, and then you got Justice Hill out there for Murray State. That was a kid that was highly re- wanted to come. People from Arkansas wanted to go get. They didn't show him any love, so he goes elsewhere, and now he's doing really good at at, at uh, Murray State. So you get it both ways, but the in-state the love, that, and that goes to not having a pro team. You really hold on to those kids that come to Arkansas – and even when they go to pros, you follow them. like Moses Moody. They're following him. When Felipe Franks went to the NFL, you know, when he got his little stint with the Falcons, they were following him. So, I mean, they follow you wherever you go. No doubt. No doubt about it. And it's amazing how, how loyal the, the Arkansas fans are. If you, if you build, you know, it's an old cliche, but if, and Sam Pittman is finding this out, if you, if you build it, they'll come. And a lot of, and, and it seems to be the case with, with not just football, but all the, all the sports all the sports teams going on uh, around the Arkansas athletics department right now. Yeah, I, I'm proud. I mean, I get to cover all the women's sports up there and with the women's basketball team, coach Mike neighbors, you know what? He's an Arkansas guy being able to come here and build the program that he's at Courtney Dyfel, you know, SEC coach of the year last year. And she's from California and coming to Arkansas. And that's a program that I was talking to, you know, they just got the number one recruiting class for 2023 in softball. Those kids before that didn't even know Arkansas had a program. That's just how bad the softball program was five, six years ago. So you got these kids that buy in, but they see, they step on campus. And that's been the biggest thing with what coaches and and the media has told people. If we can just get these kids on campus, we've got an 80% chance of getting them. Because there's something around Fayetteville that draws them in. And, I mean, of course, you know, you don't even mention the track program that's got like 43 national championships. The golf program, you know, there's so many good women golfers that have come through Arkansas, you know, Maria Fossey, you know, um, then you had Brooke Matthews was a freshman. Now she's pro. I mean, you've got so many people that are good in all these sports that the baseball team, I mean, we, we, we could talk an hour on the baseball team, you know, coming the, the program that Dave Van Horn's built at, at Arkansas with the baseball program is just, it's massive. And everybody's trying to play catch up with them because just the facilities they have built for the base, they're spending football money for the baseball program. And it's just what's going on. And it all goes up to the top at Hunter Yurchek. If a coach needs to be paid or he deserves, she deserves to get a raise or a promotion, he, he doesn't. He's not broken one promise since he's been on campus yet. 
Yeah, whenever you said golf, Maria Fossey was the, was yeah. the first person that uh, yeah. that popped into mind. Obviously, everybody knows her from from a really historic moment for her getting to compete in that that Augusta Women's Championship just a couple of years ago. Remember her and, yeah. and Jennifer Cupcho going back and forth uh, on that. So, so definitely all the all the programs around Arkansas are doing very well. And you mentioned the softball twenty twenty three class. the The football twenty twenty three class is already looking strong as well it's ranked fifth nationally right now obviously that's going to change uh, now that now that we're everybody's focused on the 2023 class but generally speaking after you have an incredible season like Arkansas just did with the nine and four season it's the next recruiting class that's really taken off and so far it has for Arkansas in the 2023 class so many top guys already committed to play for Arkansas and to me it's really critical that they competed that they committed this early because it also allows them to be leaders for the class it allows them to be you know that player to player recruiting is one of the most underrated things to me you don't really hear much about it but getting those guys to come on the officials with the the prospects getting the guys that are already committed back in to to talk about what a great program Arkansas is to be able to to really hype up the program to the next round of prospects that are coming in you get these guys that commit early they're really able to become leaders for your class and if Arkansas does go out and have a successful 2022 season you're only going to see that that recruiting class uh, grow heading into that heading into this 2023 class yeah but I, I'm very cautious I, I I get very cautious when we start going past the 2022 season I mean uh, me and Jacob Davis, we were on the podcast last week and we were talking about Texas A&M. I mean, they're boasting about their number one recruiting class. That only gets you until August, September when it's time to play. And then with the transfer portal, with the NIL, with everything going on, I want to see what that recruiting class does four years down the road. You know, when, when, when we go to evaluate a recruiting class, it's almost like you want to evaluate it on the back end. Yes, you've got all this talent coming in, but are they going to stay? And you hope, even like at a school like Arkansas, you know, you're going to get in the, the mindset of everybody you get, they're going to stay. You, you've got them, you've got them locked up. They're not going to be unhappy. But now we've kind of started seeing, you know, Mike Woods left Arkansas for Oklahoma. So I'm one of those realists that, you know, I'll, I'm not going to get all hyped up over a 2023 class because I want to see what they do on the field. And yes, it would be historic. If Arkansas got a top five recruiting class, it would be awesome. But like I said, again, that only gets you so far. So, you know, it's because because the transfer portal has become such an integral part of when they're having recruiting classes based off of the transfer portal alone. That tells you where that has come because there's so many. I mean, there's twenty five hundred kids or three thousand kids in the transfer portal every year. So you get this number one high school recruit out of Alabama or Georgia. He comes to your program. Well, he's not happy because he's playing behind a senior. Now he wants to go somewhere else. So it, it, it's, it's what I call window dressing. I mean, it's, it's fun to talk about. It's fun to really say, Hey, we got the top five 2023 class, but we're in 2022. So I don't really want to, I don't go into it that much because I want to see where they, when they sign that letter of intent, because I mean, commitment, I mean, you, you ain't signed that paper yet. 
No, and and, and guy, guys change their mind uh, all the time. You know, they they're you know there's a lot of recruits that change their mind four or five times before uh before national signing day. So so many guys can so many people can get in their ear and different things like that. So definitely uh definitely something that. It's, but it's it's worth definitely. You're right. It's something something cool to talk about now. But definitely want to wait and see if they actually put uh put pen to paper in uh in December or February of of next year. Yeah, and and it's funny, you know, we were talking about the transfer portal, but yeah, you know, it's kind of like that NIL stuff. You know, you see what Texas A and M, you know, Arkansas even done it. They're making a program through foundations for NIL people. So. It's almost like they're committing, but yet you know, up until they sign that paper, somebody's going to try to grab them. Hey, we'll get you on this, we'll get you on that, you know. And also, the the strategic side of it is, you know, Arkansas has always been able to say, "Hey, you come to Arkansas, you can play right away, or you can play early in your career." If they keep getting these guys, and if their recruiting classes keep getting better. You're going to have to change how you recruit because that's not always going to be the case now. You know, you can't go like look at Malik Hornsby. He almost, you know, he he tried to go to the transfer portal and see, you know, what was if if the grass was greener on the other side. But he decided to come back. You know, so it's always tricky when you say, "Well, you're going to play right away." They did not know KJ Jefferson would turn into the quarterback that he has. I mean, he has turned into. I mean, he if. I'm excited if he made the transition that he did this year. I can't wait to see another year of maturity. If he gets his arm strength down and just gets some more mechanics on his throwing side of the ball, and if they can start pat, I mean, if he could throw for 3,000 yards or throw 34, 3,500 yards and 20, 30 touchdowns, I mean, I'm telling you, like, you're going to get a guy that can maybe go for four to 5,000. You, you don't know. And that's going to be a good piece. You've got a good running game, but we know now that you've got to get balanced. And, you know, with, you're going to have your staff together. That's another thing that I like about what Arkansas is doing is they're doing their dangdest to keep Barry on them. They're doing their dangdest to keep Kendall Browse. They know, yeah, Sam Pittman's good. But you're as good as your staff. And if it, that's the biggest part. You're talking about recruiting. You still got to recruit your coaches to stay because you know Miami's coming after Kendall Bryles people's coming after Barry Odom people are coming after your players you got on on right now so it's it the recruiting never stops because you're having to recruit guys out of high school and you're still having to recruit your own kids even in the offseason like hey you're going to stay you know in these grad transfers so I think we're going to see a big change because now the COVID extra COVID year stuff that's going to start dwindling away because that those years are over and then we'll forget it, man. That we're not going to see no six, seven year seniors anymore, you know. We're, so it's going to be go back to kind of some kind of normalcy. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and when we we're talking about the, you mentioned KJ Jefferson coming back. Really, from a leadership standpoint, uh, KJ Jefferson obviously is going to be a one of the top quarterbacks in the conference. This coming back, he's going to be a guy that's talked about as one of the top quarterbacks in the conference. That's coming back this coming year, but just from a leadership standpoint and think about the leaders that, that Arkansas has lost after this season, it was extremely important that KJ Jefferson decided to come back just from that team leadership standpoint also, as well as the Wells leading the offense and, and being a, being a top quarterback in the sec as well. Yeah. And, and the confidence he gained, I mean, we seen glimpses of the LSU game the previous year. We seen that there was a little bit of promise, but you know, 
of course, when you're playing in the SEC, especially the West, you know, it's just it's the toughest division, hands down, in, in, in all of college football. M- you know, maybe the Big Ten up there with, you know, Michigan, Penn State and Michigan State and Ohio State. You know, you got that whole big comp, but I'm talking about top to bottom. It's very tough to win. And we got OU in Texas coming into the league here in a couple of years. So, I mean, that's only going to get tougher. But the, just what has happened with K.J. Jefferson and just being, you know, Last year, he was ranked the 13th best quarterback in the SEC. And I'll tell you what, the fan base, KJ, coaching staff, I guarantee you they had that on the locker room. They had that publication as a motivation to prove everybody wrong. The fans did it because he's he's a top three quarterback, especially coming into next year. Because talking about South Carolina, I just, I'm not sold on Spencer Rattler. I'm not sold on him with all the talent he had at Oklahoma and how erratic he was. Just because you get the hot, you're getting the hype of Spencer Rattler, but let him prove something before you're ready to say he's a top three quarterback. I want to see him go up against the true SEC defense, and then you're really going to evaluate where a quarterback's at. And that's what KJ Jefferson's done. He's proven in the big games that he can come through. And again, going back to that two point conversion, I mean, there, that was the only questionable thing that. When it come down to play calling, like that was big. They tried to run the same kind of play. You know, they could have run something a little different to mix it up. But you know what? And and when a year you go three and seven, then you turn out nine four. Yeah, we go back to that play, and you could have, should have, would have. But you know the the progress they've made. And I'm sorry, I don't know how Coach Pittman's not been even in the running for coach of the year because what he's done at a program like Arkansas, it's very hard. A while ago, you brought up Michigan State. Very similar program. You're taking these three- and four-star kids and you're turning them into studs. You're turning them into stars. And, you know, Grant Morgan, who won the Burlesworth Award, first time an Arkansas player won it. That was created for Brandon Burlesworth, the ex-former Razorback. So he bled Arkansas. You know, you got them kids that bleed Arkansas, and I think that's what's going to happen. You get these in-state kids in here. They're going to start bleeding Razorback, and then that wall is going to expand out. Yeah, no doubt, man, and, and it's uh, it's amazing to me that the Sam Pittman doesn't get the doesn't get the love that that he deserves as well because it's amazing the turnaround the last couple years. And you mentioned it, can't it only good as his staff, and he's keeping his staff around Arkansas, making a commitment to to keeping that staff intact. And and so we've talked about the guys that are coming in. We talk about the coaches that are sticking around, Kendall Brown sticking around as we head into spring. Here we're going to be starting up spring practice here in about a month. So it's time to to start proving it on the field again. Who are the guys on on offense that you're really looking to see how much of a step they can they can take uh, coming up here in the spring and into the summer as we really dive into to getting into talking about the players that are coming back. Who are a couple guys on offense for Arkansas that? that you really want to see how they develop into the spring and the summer and as we dive move towards fall camp as well. Well, I mean, part of it, you know, like I said, was KJ. You know, if he showed what he did this year, I mean, I mean and he's going to be that true leader. I'm really excited to see, you know, what he's going to bring back. You know, what, what he's going to be able to do, you've given him another year, another year of confidence underneath Kendall Riles' his offense. It's really good, you know. And then you've got the running backs. I mean, it's just – I mean, Dominic Johnson, Rocket Sanders. I mean, those kids have just blown up. And, you again, you give them another year in a strength and conditioning program, and 
you get the offense where it's more balanced. And if you got that two headed monster, and then if you add in um, James Joyner, you know, AJ Green, you know, they got four guys, five guys that can consistently give you. That's where Dominic Johnson coming into play. He, he was a third, fourth guy on the depth chart, and he just kept on getting you six, seven yards a carry. You know, and he was giving you one of them. If you needed a first down, he was there for you. So that's going to be the biggest part when it comes in to the, the wide res- or the running backs. And, you know, your receiving core, you're going to get a little bit of a dip because, you know, you've got Warren Thompson. He's coming back. But then you've got Keetron Jackson. He comes back. And then, of course, the add-on with Jaden Hasselwood. That's where, you know, that's going to be another one of the biggest things that when you're talking about a transfer – He's coming in from the Big 12, and he's coming into a Big 12 style. You know, you think of, you know, uh, Browse and his dad was at Baylor. You know, that that Big 12 mentality and open it up. And so I think if you get a good guy that you, you're going to need like a Warren Thompson or somebody like Hasselwood because when it comes to quarterback, you're going to have to have that one guy that you can come count on. I need this third and four. Who's going to give me that? And then you got your freshmen with Isaiah Santangia, Quincy McAdoo, and Samuel Mbake. You know, there's another couple of guys. Tied in, you know, Hudson Henry's back. Trey Knox is interesting because he started out at wide receiver. I mean, as a freshman, just blew up. I mean, we thought he was going to be just as good as Burks, and that was earlier in the in the, in the recording. I, that was the kid who, I mean, of course, one of the best receivers come out of Arkansas. I forgot his dadgum name, but, you know, Burks was just one of them guys that can't be replaced. So, tight ends, I mean, this whole offense is just loaded. And, you know, when you got your offensive line, you got Strongberg back, you know, Dalton Wagner back. You know, you get guys that you can, you, you're going to have to open up your running game and the pass blocking. So, then you got Chambly coming out of high school. And that's when it comes to the recruits in high school. I mean, that, that line, defensive line, offensive line, that's where you run into your biggest challenges because that's some big boys and they're strong. You're coming from a high school strength and conditioning program to a college program. And then you could, that's where you can tell the big difference, you know. But then your defensive backs, you got Jashad Stewart, you know, he filled in for Trey Williams a lot, which he's left. And then, Again, where your transfer comes in, Landon Jackson, you know, he was – that's that's the biggest thing on defense that Arkansas has lacked is an edge rusher. They've really relied on their interior linemen to get through and get pressure on the quarterback. I think having a guy like Landon Jackson coming in who's had experience at a big-time program like LSU can come in and get you some – you know, they need to get some sacks. And, and Nico Davier, who's a freshman from Maumelle, I mean, that was the thing. You know, you got two kids from Mall Mill that are going to be freshmen coming in. And it's very interesting to see what this is going to be. They're loaded. I think they're getting a balance of transfers, people coming back, and high school recruits that can all come in and, and, and produce for Arkansas. Yeah, no doubt. And great, great rundown of the offensive and defensive returners there. But the final question I did want to have for you, final thing I wanted to get into with you. Obviously, there's been a little bit of talk about Malik Horns be possibly playing some wide receiver. We, you think we, you think, are you looking forward to seeing that, or, or do you no, think that's that's something? No, that- I think when you get to that, you're breaking up. You know, he, you need a true backup because if you put him at wide receiver, you're giving him snaps at wide receiver. Where's his snaps coming in at quarterback? 
and him being if he was the number three option, maybe, maybe. But him being the number two, you you know, and with if you were a pocket passer, but KJ's a runner too. All it takes is one hit. All it takes is one kid coming in helmet to helmet or with the shoulder and hitting you, and all of a sudden he's out. Then who are you going to turn to? A guy that you've had at wide receiver. Well, he used to play quarterback. This is the SEC. So I don't I don't think I mean, yes, he's athletic, but we gotta realize this is college football. Just because they might be the most athletic or the fastest guy doesn't mean you give them the ball. We've seen that with TJ Hammonds. I mean, the kid's been here seven years and he just couldn't quite get it rolling. So, you know, I'm I don't think that's the right decision. And I think the coaches, you know, I mean, because he I think he was gonna leave, but I think they talked him into coming and then staying around and, and going from there. So but no, I, I think you keep him there. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I totally, totally agree with you because I know you got a lot of South Carolina fans listening to this. Carolina played three quarterbacks last year, and you know, Luke Doty gets hurt before the season starts, and you end up playing three quarterbacks. You end up playing three and four quarterbacks at a time. So it's a true, true backup, true quarterback depth is how you is how you win in this league if if something were to happen to to KJ Jefferson. So to me, I, I'm with you. I would I would definitely keep. Um, Malik Hornsby at quarterback and devote all his time there. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, like I said, if if you got somebody like KJ Jefferson goes down, Malik Hornsby is he's shown his flash of speed. So you want a guy that can come in and because we've seen the difference between nine and four and ten and three. So you're going to have to have somebody who can come in and run that offense just as good as KJ Jefferson. And that's another one. You give him another year of his mechanics and his quarterback skills with his arm. We've shown him what we can do with his feet, but if he gets his arm going, that's another one that, you know, his senior year, he could come in and really produce. So I, the promise is there, but when you got somebody like KJ Jefferson, you know he's going to be the starter, but you still, we've seen it time. Look at Alabama, Jalen Hurts, Tua. We've seen that. You know, the backup won the look at Georgia this year. You know, nobody knew who Stetson Bennett was. They were doubting him going into the national championship game. They were sitting there saying, when's T.J. Daniels coming back in? You know, and then he ends up playing one of the best games, and they won a national championship. So that showed – there's two programs right there that's shown you. Look at Clemson. They had – you know, you had somebody like Kelly Bryant, and then you had a freshman phenom like Trevor Lawrence comes in. Comes in, the you know, in the game, and you've seen what happened there. So you need that quarterback that you know that can get you through a season because it is a brutal sport. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. The depth, especially in the SEC, is what is what can win you a lot of games. And we you know we've seen it seen it time and time again. Once you get that depth that that Arkansas is trying to build now on on both sides of the ball, that's when you can that's when you can really get in that conversation to truly compete, especially in this league, the SEC, which is you know just just a just a brutal league, especially in the in the West where Arkansas is. Yeah, uh, and I'm really that's the thing, and we keep on saying that our Oklahoma and Texas coming in. I mean, it's just going to make it more, much more. So that's where it's very important. You got to get your recruiting on point. You got to really take advantage of this, the transfer portal. You got to take advantage of the NIL because it's all three going to play big factors in what you do moving forward in the toughest conference and in the toughest division in the in the country. No doubt, man. Porter, it's been awesome having you today. It's been a great conversation. So great, great points on on both sides. Great in depth conversation. But tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Tell everybody where they can find the Hog Talks. I know y'all, you guys do an incredible job over there. And looking forward to just collaborating with you guys here moving forward. And really appreciate you taking the time here today, brother. 
Hey, man, I appreciate you having me on Hog Talk. We're on all pl- podcast platforms, The Hog Talk. You can find us on Twitter, at The Hog Talk. Facebook, we got the Arkansas Hog Talk. So, I mean, any any place. We're not much on uh, Instagram, but you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, anywhere. Like I said, listen to our podcast. And, man, we'll, we'll definitely have you on sometime when it comes closer to football season. And we'll definitely collaborate and talk a little SEC football. Yeah, man, looking forward to looking forward to co-op, collaborating with you guys a good bit, and and we'll have you definitely have you back on here again real soon, and looking forward to looking forward to that as well. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. Thanks so much to Porter for coming on today. Thank you for watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays today. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. If you're listening to us on the pod, make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For Porter Hayes, I'm Bennett Gainey. Crunch Time Plays. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of the day, and God bless everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Crunch Time Plays with your host, Bennett Ganey. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow at Plays Crunch on Twitter and Instagram.